Good morning. This is Coffee with the Sarlows, and I'm Karen. I'm Kelly Sarlow. Welcome to the show. What are we doing today? Gaps. I'm calling it gaps. Oh, I think I have to adjust the microphone. Is that better? Sure. Um, what's come to my attention in the last, I'll say few months in particular, but uh, in the last couple of days, um, is how some clients can call and book a session for one purpose and something else can become evident or more important. Um, and it gaps meaning that sometimes people come in because they can't remember. They have no memory from a piece of their past about something that occurred. And because of that, there can be depression. Um, there can be anxiety, panic attacks. Mm-hmm. Um, there can be self-harm. There can be uh, bullying. Um, so I'm saying abuse of self and abuse of others. Or neglect, although that's a form of abuse as well. So any any number of yeah. ill forms of behavior. Yeah. Sleeplessness. Um, memory loss. Uh, panicky, confused, racing thoughts. This is That's a lot to throw out. But this is sort of what I've seen over, like I say, the last few months. And being able to put it together in that over maybe 40 or 50 sessions, a common thread that I'm seeing in the spirit world is that they're trying to help people with memory. And that when our brains are trying to somehow protect us, I'll say, I don't know if that's correct, by taking an event, an experience, and putting it into a box saying lost, that what that does then to the body when that when that event is put in that box and put away, whether it's the panic attacks, the disease, the illness, the pain in the back, a sore knee, there's 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 a variety of things that have that I got to see, and I know you do, because it's what we do every day. I say in the last few months, but mm-hmm. it's just it's it's been years. Um, but the common thread being that. The body doesn't know what to do with something that's ex- that's been experienced. And the mind thinks it's its job and responsibility to deal with it, separate from the organs and the rest of the body. So you mean the mind uh, feels the need to suppress it? I suppress, yeah. Suppress, forget. There's a, there's, right. There are different words. And I'm, I'm glad that you're bringing out more because I'm never going to know all of them or remember them all. Um, but, and, and that's why it's like, I guess maybe if I had written them all down after every single session, I'd have a, a better list. Well, okay. I, it's studied in psychology, right? So I go yeah. back to, um, and I, and I don't actually thoroughly enjoy doing this, but going back to the textbooks where they're talking about suppression or, um, projection, right? Yes. Uh, putting our problems on other people. But what I wanted to ask you is kind of just to dial it back for a second, because you're talking about clients coming in and having gaps and mm-hmm. not, not having a memory for certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that can create fear in some people, uh, with the idea that if I go in for a session and am I going to be shocked that I'm not even sure that I forgot something in my life? Mm-hmm. Or do most of the clients that you've seen, um, do they come in going, I feel like I'm forgetting a piece of my childhood. I feel like I'm forgetting a piece of my adulthood. Like, is there, 
somewhat of a recognition that something's missing or is it just a shock to them? Both. Okay. Some clients come in with a, um, a background of seeking. So they've gone to therapists. Some of them have spent time in therapy trying to find that um, and are aware of it and just have hit a block. And some of those therapists have called uh, or suggested they come and see one of us. Um, knowing that it, when we're connecting to the spirit world that we get those answers. Okay. So, uh, so there are clients with full awareness. So that's one end of the spectrum. Then you have the opposite end of the spectrum where they come in and they don't know. They may ask for an open session or they may come in thinking that they have a problem and they're just willing to do a little bit of digging. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have some people that um, come in aren't looking for anything like that, but they're just coming in and they say that they're unhappy with their marriage or they just, they're not happy at work or there's just something missing or, geez, I just heard about you and I heard I was supposed to come in and not say anything and that you would just go. So there's just, there's such a variety. Well, and you're also talking about the people who come in saying another professional has told me. Yes. I have an issue or I'm struggling with something. Yeah. Or a friend who's come to see one of us and refers by saying, I went and they helped me with this and they share a story. And that friend, something resonates with them? Yeah. Or they think that this might be something that helps them. So there are, um, so what comes to what, what really came and made me want to talk about this today was in particular a young person who's struggling at school and um, is having problems with, um, and this is general, I'm naming this person Mary. Just, of, course, of course you are. Yeah, because this <laughs> can be school, work, and it can be placed anywhere. Um, and, and I want it to be so general that nobody can say, oh, that's, she's telling my story. Um, I'm wrapping a whole bunch together, so I'm not talking about one person or one client, but she's having problems in school. Um, and, um, mom and dad know that there was an incident when she was younger, they're aware of it and they did seek help. They did go and follow some traditional routes. Um, or I don't know if I want to say tradition. Yeah. Yeah. Just different things. Doctor, medical doctor for like antidepressants, um, uh, therapy. Well, maybe, yeah, be children's specific aid. About that. Oh, okay. Like, well, and I'm putting a bunch together too. So there's children's aid. There was uh, their, um, priest. Um, so there was, there was seeking out help from their, their faith. Um, f- and, and so people in different areas, friends, um, family members. So they've done a heck of a lot of work. Um, but it's escalated. Um, and, and I'll say, um, with, even with all of these different things that they're trying to do. And there's, this family has done really everything, so many things. So um, when they came in and I, they asked me for help, I immediately got the message from the spirit guides and saw everything that occurred and brought it up and said that the, it went back to these moments. But not only did it go back to those moments of where everything was triggered, um, that the emotions that she went through at that time that she wasn't able to deal with came back up. 
And it went right back to um, different incidences all along then with different people in her life. And I was able to give her all of them. And the mom was aware of some. She wasn't aware of others. The can I can I just interrupt? I, yeah. This is frustrating to listen to. And I okay. feel like I have a good idea of where of what you're referring to. But I think a lot of listeners won't. And so you're using the word incident. And I, re- I recognize and respect that you're trying to keep it general. Okay. But I don't know how to stay attached to the story. Okay. Um, if you're just saying incident. So it's like, was the, did the teacher slap her hand with a ruler? And that was something that set emotions in, oh, in line. Oh, thank like, you. I kinda, okay. And I don't mean this in a, in a mean way, but I think some of us, we, we have the heartstrings pulled when we know it was sexual abuse or oh. we know that it was verbal. Or I think part of us needs to know what the incident is. Okay. So that we can find ourselves in the story as opposed to just hearing the incident. Okay. It was sexual abuse. Okay. Um, originating in, at very young in childhood and so young that she doesn't have the, the memory of it consciously, but she has an inner knowing. The daughter. Yes. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a family member. Um, and then there, the, another incidence is where she's in a school environment acting out and she actually tries to tell um, one of the people in the school, um, I think it was a teacher, and then perhaps it was a principal, and then children's aid, um, and then a therapist, social worker. So there was a whole chain of events in the school system. And nobody believes her because there was no court case. So the daughter has sought out all these authorities? Mm, her bad behavior did. Oh, okay. So the, the, the behavior in the school, the bullying. So red flagged so that these authorities yes. had to come into the situation. Well, yes, because she was bullying Okay. Um, thank you for telling me to say all of this because maybe people can now see some incidences differently. Yeah, because I think too general, we detach. Good enough. Okay, that, that's fair. You know, and you know what, Kelly? Um, I get frustrated because I do want to spay, say the more specific incidences, and sometimes I do. Um, but sometimes in my desire to let people have on a, their privacy and not to feel like if they're coming here that I'm always going to be telling everybody's stories... I feel like I'm stuck sometimes. And I I can appreciate that, mm-hmm. but I think that unfortunately it's such a prevalent issue. Oh. That yeah. not there isn't going to be one person in the community that says, Shit, that's my story. Mm-hmm. And the rest of the community goes, Oh, that's Mary. Mm-hmm. Right? I think there's unfortunately, like I said, so many people who can identify and mm-hmm. go, not sure if that's my story, but I certainly can identify with it because I've been through that or something similar. Yeah. And I'm, as I said earlier, I'm trying to take things from different stories too, that are all truthful. Okay. And I think what I was trying to illustrate, because I know that we still keep identity safe, we can't really generate empathy with the word incident. Okay. Right? Yeah. And so if we're trying to create empathy through this show and help people open their gifts to feel for and with others, mm-hmm. we need to know stories. Okay. Hmm. I agree. Um, okay. So uh, what happened that day was this young girl was able to um, have her abuse um, brought to the table by a professional who didn't have to hear it from her. She didn't have to use her own words to describe it and relive it over again, Mm -hmm. where she has to say what happened to her and feel the shame 
or what all of the feelings, the anger that she feels in trying to bring it up again, where she also felt in the past that when she did at the school, she wasn't listened to. Mm -hmm. Even though the police were called and it was investigated and it went forward, no charges were ever laid. Mm -hmm. No proof was ever brought forward. The family came together against her. And um, some people in her family that were trying to help her, her own immediate family, um, and, the, and what, all the division it caused within the family, but also in the school environment, the abuse that went on between the administration and this young woman because they didn't believe her story because they, there was no proof. So um, there was no compassion. It wasn't dealt with very well. Mm-hmm. And what came through in her session was a little bit about what the principal and the teacher were going through within the administration and their own issues that had nothing to do with her. That it was, I'll call it a bad day, where both of them were experiencing so much stress that when they went to deal with this, that hit was a 10 out of 10 uh, because of all the phone calls and all of the other paperwork and all of the other stuff that they weren't able to, ha- they weren't handling it that well. And, and well, actually not well, they were handling it. They weren't handling it. It was terrible. And as a result of that, that she goes through, I'll say being abused in a different way. Right. Um, on top of it. And so now she's coming with great reluctance to another professional wondering if she's just going to be abused again. So part of her issue now is professional abuse. And she's much older at this point. Yes. So this is a lifetime. Oh, of, this is of 10 years. This is, this is over a decade of this going on, uh, which is almost her entire life. And um, what happened when she came in, uh, my, the, because the spirit world was able to give her all of this information, point everything out to her, she felt tremendous, I'll say, relief. Okay, so can I pause? Yeah. Because, um, and maybe this is where you were going, I'm not sure, but I find this part the most fascinating because of how the messages come through. Um, so I think a lot of people maybe who are listening for the first time or maybe still haven't really grasped uh, how this is working. The client comes in, sits down, and maybe asks a question for us to fill in gaps or maybe says, my session's wide open, do whatever you'd like. Um, we we are given nothing. That's right. We're just asked to deliver some kind of message. And so we sit down as professionals and have to say to the guides, okay, this is what she's looking for or what her soul is asking for, what's coming through, knowing that this person or individuals like her who, who have gaps can't affirm things for us, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you're saying that this particular woman, Mary, had no had no um, recollection but had an inner knowing. And some people might say, well, of course, that's not enough, right? So each time we give a message or hear a message, we have to ask something else in her life that she can confirm, Mm -hmm. such as, um, did you actually just pass high school? Like you just got a 51 and um, that's all you got out. It wasn't high grades. And she can say, yes, that's correct. I barely passed. And then we get to say, okay, if that's correct, then we, we know that we're correct about the abuse that happened at this age in this home with this person. Can I, can I, yes. And can I give you that now? Yeah, for sure. I described their house. 
I described the bedroom. The past house or the current house? The past house where the abuse occurred in another city. Which she had a recollection for. Her mother was sitting with us. Awesome. So no, she didn't. The young girl didn't because she was only two or three years old when the sexual abuse occurred. Mm -hmm. So you're asking a teenager to remember back when she was two years old. Right. Which maybe some people might say, oh, I remember when I was two. Uh, But most people don't remember clearly when they're two. Yeah. Or don't have pictures to to validate anything. Mm -hmm. So her mom was present and was able to say, you're describing the house. I walked right through the house, described the layout of the house. I described the brick on the outside. I described um, the staircases, mm-hmm. um, what was hanging on the walls, what was on her bed. Um, that at that age, she was in a bed, not a crib. Um, but that, and, and the location of it, mm-hmm. all of this different type of stuff. So details. E- uh, the details of the trust. And the details of what she looked like a decade ago. Mm-hmm. But also the details of, and hair color change. Mm-hmm. But also the details of the person who abused her, what he looks like. And I've never met him. Mm-hmm. And I can describe him. I can describe his house. Mm-hmm. I can describe his personality. Mm-hmm. And that is this young woman's grandfather. Mm-hmm. So it is the woman's uh, father-in-law. Right. And I'm able to describe the father-in-law, the character, what he did for a living, um, his occupation, all of that. So getting all of that information allows the mom to know and believe what occurred mm-hmm. that she uh, and that the the child that's been abused can and that the bond between the two of them now is solid mm-hmm. and that this child now knows that there is this 100 percent affirmation that can come from an experience like this mm-hmm. Um the relief that she experiences in that moment. And the reason she came, when they sat down, one of the things that came through when they, I said, what are you here for today, um, was um, we already are in therapy. We're coming to you for energy healing. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay. Because we know that therapy is doing certain things for her, but there are problems with professional abuse. Mm-hmm. And um, not just, you know, from a counselor, we're talking about from the school system that she had problems with children's aid workers. She had problems all the way through a legal system, police. Mm-hmm. She had problems through many departments and also or many organizations, different professionals um, for something that she is the victim of mm-hmm. and is victimized over and over again. And I under uh, anyway, so let's keep going. So with all of this evidence being brought forward, and I'll say or affirmations, because I'll say that better as an affirmation. um, She's able to understand that what she went through, she no longer has to prove, right, that the this the burden of having to prove it versus the burden for the person who who did it is incredible. Mm hmm. There's, there, there's, there, there are two burdens here. There's somebody that's committed something that has no burden on his shoulders to say he didn't. Mm-hmm. All of the burden is on this young person's shoulders to say he did. And I understand, I mean, anyway, that's, that's incredible. Like that, the, the amount of pain I- in that, her physical body, yeah. in where she has sore stomachs, where she has panic attacks, where mm-hmm. she has... Um, and the self-harm that can come from that yeah. in different ways with drugs, with alcohol, 
all of these different things that that she has gone through in a short 13 to 14 years of her life Mm -hmm. has been astronomical the amount of pain she's feeling so they're asking for pain relief Mm -hmm. and I I want to go on a little bit but do you have a question I didn't have a question and I don't know why I wanted to bring this up but it I just wanted to draw a parallel because not all of us have experienced sexual abuse uh, but I think we've all um, experienced abuse from authority Mm. And for whatever reason, this example came to mind. I was discussing this with a friend on the weekend, uh, and Andrew's actually very similar um, in this way, actually the exact same. Um, He's brilliant at math. And so I wanted to take it into the school system for a second. So brilliant at math, he'd get a test or a piece of homework or whatever, and there'd be an equation and he had to solve it and he would write the answer down. And we all know that when you're in math class, it's usually out of six when you're being graded and your five points is just for the process work. Mm -hmm. You only get one point for the answer, right? Mm -hmm. And so he'd write down the answer and the teacher would accuse him of cheating. Mm -hmm. And so he's certain of the answer. He's certain of himself. Mm -hmm. But then you've got this person saying you're a liar, you're a cheater Mm -hmm. and you're being accused and you have no idea how to prove yourself because your brain because your brain can't do Mm-hmm. the in-between work, mm-hmm. right? So parallel to someone who's experienced abuse but has this gap, has that inner knowing, has the answer, but can't prove that they're not quote-unquote cheating mm-hmm. or lying, mm-hmm. um, what do you do? I remember that, if we're just going on that for a little bit, because yeah. that was the grade three testing, mm-hmm. and they failed him. Mm-hmm. And I went in to look at the... the they weren't supposed to open the tests, right. actually. That's- but they, that's a whole other issue at that school, but they did. They opened up the test. They showed it to me. Uh, we went through the test with the principal and the teacher, and they saw that he actually had all of the answers right. Mm-hmm. I think he had 19 out of 20 answers right. However, um, he failed. Mm-hmm. And I said, how can you mark this a fail when he has 19 out of 20? That's actually out of four out of four. And he was given a one. Mm-hmm. And from that, they wanted him to fail the grade. Right. And I said, I don't understand how he can get 19 out of 20 and you want him, you want him to repeat the grade. Mm-hmm. But because of the way that they did the marking, uh, as you say, one, one point, for, he didn't prove it. Right. Um, so instead of understanding that perhaps there's an, uh, something else to look at here. A higher intelligence. No. It, it was the complete opposite. If it doesn't fit our system, it doesn't fit, period. Right. And, that, and that's what I'm trying to say. And is, he proved it. Okay. That's what I mean. Like, there's yeah. a higher intelligence here in terms of a math equation and how you can come to the, the mm-hmm. answer. And a higher intelligence in terms of the body and the brain. Even when we can't complete the circuit in a natural way, mm-hmm. the, the body and the brain knows the truth. Yes, and that's why, thank you. I love the way that you just pulled all of this together um, in why they came to an energy healer mm-hmm. to say that the body is speaking. And, and they're saying, make sense of this. Yes, and that I'm saying to her, okay, so I'm also being told then that you have panic attacks. Yes, I'm also being told then that you're self-harming. Yes, I'm also being told then this is what you're doing. I'm also being told that you're bullying at school, that you are, that you did it to this particular person and you did this particular event. Yes, and I'm also understanding that you subconsciously are doing it at school to get back at the administration. Mm-hmm. You're bullying other kids 
to basically constantly fight with the principal because you and tire them out and exhaust them to get back at them because you're in pain Mm -hmm. and your pain is here in your right shoulder blade yes I get really sore in my right shoulder blade I keep going to the chiropractor okay so now we understand the right shoulder blade blade pain we understand it's all being pieced together Mm -hmm. now I want to add to this story all of this I said to her came to me between seven and nine o'clock in the morning. I woke up that day. She was not booked as a client. I woke up that morning wanting to kill myself. Now, if anybody's listening to these podcast shows, they're going to go, wow, Karen and Kelly Sarla wake up a lot wanting to kill themselves. Maybe it's not, not true. Maybe we should check in with them from time <laughs> to time, seven in the morning. <laughs> And just drop by with coffee and see if they're up, if they're okay. We're going to have someone on the chaise lounge each night pulling shifts watching (laughs) us. So anyway, I said, um, was it this morning that you woke up with no hope? Was it this morning that you woke up and these are the thoughts? And then I went through and told her the thoughts she had had that morning. And her mother says to me, at 7 o'clock when I got up this morning, I found out what had been going on in terms of self-harming that had been going on for months. And she says, I sent out a thought to you, Karen, asking to help us. Mm -hmm. And I said, isn't that lovely to know that you didn't call until 10 or 11 in the morning? Isn't that lovely to know that I got that? And that you're not alone in asking for help and having it answered. Mm-hmm. I And I think too, not just that you got the message, but that you gave it attention because you could have easily not paid attention to it, gone about your day, gone swimming, gone to the gym, what you normally do as Karen, uh, but you gave it enough attention and made it enough of a, of a matter or a deal that when she showed up, you could say, I felt everything you felt and I paid attention to you. Thank you. Because she, that's what she's constantly not feeling, right, is, is yes. paid attention to. And I explained that I was supposed to go to the gym. Remember, you walked into my room and said, are we still going to the gym for 8 o'clock? And I said, I can't. Mm-hmm. It was my choice at that point to be able to stay in bed and keep receiving the feelings that she was feeling so that I could affirm them when she came, mm-hmm. but also that I was watching all of this. Now, when somebody says watching it, when my eyes are opened or closed that I see Mm -hmm. that I could hear her thoughts that I could feel in my body the pain in my shoulder blade that I could feel the sore stomach I felt very it was a weird kind of a sore stomach for me Uh, um, I don't know really how to describe that other than almost like a rock sitting in it Mm -hmm. like um, a heaviness solid unmovable Ooh, that is so good unmovable pain. Mm-hmm. And when I described that to her, it was like, perfect. The word unmovable, what j- just totally hit bang on how she feels and why she tries to self harm because it's unmovable. Mm-hmm. And so I said to her, well, when you're when you're bullying others, or when you're self harming, you really only have moments of actual relief from the pain because it comes back almost instantly now. 
And she said, yeah, at first I would have longer periods of time where the pain was gone. I'd actually be happy that I hurt somebody else. Mm-hmm. I'd be happy if I bullied the, t- the teachers or the principal or created a problem so that they'd have a bad day. Mm-hmm. I'd feel happy. But now my the happiness got shorter and shorter and shorter until it only lasts a mere second. Mm-hmm. So now she's on this rampage of or endless cycle of I have to hurt somebody else or myself or there's no pain relief. And she's just a young teenager. And then I said, well, you hit a point this morning of feeling hopelessness because you understand now that if you only have a second or two, that you are literally caught in a cycle that has no end. And that is where the first thought of suicide came. And Mm -hmm. she went, yes. And I said, okay, so now we know that you aren't alone, that some of this abuse is can stop, that there are not all professionals with every organization, police, schools, um, children's aid, healthcare workers that will abuse you. Mm-hmm. That's the, that's one of the things that she has to experience. I won't say that she has to hear, but that she has to experience it. Mm-hmm. That's neat. I um, can I go? Mm-hmm. I had a very similar client uh, about a month ago, and she came in. Uh, I don't know how she started the session, but she basically just said. Because we always ask, do you, do you want it to be open? Do you have specific questions? Or do mm-hmm. you want to kind of do a combination of, of questions and openness? And um, she just said, I want to know um, ab- whether or not I was abused. Like oh. that was her, her yeah. question was right out there. Um, and like, and I wonder, I assume that some people hearing this would think, oh my God, does that not stress you out? as like as our our job and I'm stressed out I don't know about you that 100% stresses me if I think about Kelly having to answer that question but as soon as I think about it's not me I just have to listen and ask for the messages then no there's no stress um so I was sitting there and I had to um well I had heard that it was a grandfather uh, as well because I know that's what that was your story too um that it was a grandfather but they said, if you don't differentiate between the two grandfathers, you're going to crush her. Um, because one had been a very safe person for her. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, okay, extra responsibility here. So I had to actually describe, not by her her um, demands, not by the human's mm-hmm. demands, but the spirit world just said, describe the two um, personalities and the two physical appearances of her, of both her grandfathers Mm -hmm. and tell her which one it was and remind her that the other one is still a safe place for her. He was the only safe place. So had I screwed that message up, Mm -hmm. I think of how much that could, could have rocked her world. Right. Mm -hmm. Could Uh, have destroyed her. Right. And her, her inner knowing had always been that this one grandfather was safe. Mm-hmm. And, and that he, he in fact still was. Um, so it was, yeah, it was really remarkable and it was similar situations where I had to describe, um, um, different instances that she went through throughout her life, like milestones and how they were celebrated so that she could really understand. Yes. In fact, there was abuse from, from, I think the father on her dad's side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just like, it's heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet in the same one hour session, you see so much relief mm-hmm. um, that they have answers, even though their heart's breaking. And you see so much sadness that they can finally grieve mm-hmm. um, that, 
a piece of you is happy. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't, I don't know how else to describe that because mm-hmm. it's not insensitive. It's just, okay, yay, they get to start their process. Mm-hmm. You know what, Kelly? It's often when I, I'm doing my happy dance um, because you're, it's correct information, mm-hmm. um, but that the correct information doesn't always make you happy about what you have to say. And you and I talk, I think probably, we'll probably do hundreds of shows about shooting the messenger. Um, and that sometimes people shoot the messenger, mm-hmm. us, um, because there's no one else to shoot. Um, and that I understand that that's also part of the grieving process sometimes for some people. Yeah. And that other people don't at all. That that there's there's so much gratitude, even though they're in pain, that they still feel some sense of gratitude for the knowing. Mm-hmm. And as you say, sometimes for the beginning so that they can begin or sometimes that they've gone through a lot in that process of grieving and moving on and that the affirmation just gets them to another step. Mm-hmm. It isn't always that it's the beginning, but it and sometimes it's the actual closure. They're done. Yeah, that's true. I, I think it's also important to point out that because um, you, you mentioned shooting the messenger and that sometimes we're the only one in their life that they can. Um, I think it's important to point out that we don't let them, mm-hmm. <laughs> that they're called out on that behavior. Mm-hmm. And it's pointed out that w- w- whether it's a pattern that they typically shoot the messenger or that it's just poor behavior in this moment, there isn't an acceptance on our part mm-hmm. um, to be a doormat so that they can grieve. It, it's put back on them so that they have yeah. personal responsibility in their own process yes. for whatever kind of grieving that uh, clients are, are going through. I, and I think that is such an important thing for people to hear that this isn't a place to come and beat somebody up either. Yeah. That and because I think sometimes they feel, well, if we're going to be all soft and kind and all mushy because we're in touch with our emotions. Yeah, I don't think anyone who's been to see us would describe us as soft and uh, mushy. <laughs> That's a good thing because um, there, it, it has to be safe, but it has to have strength to it. Well, and I think most people would would understand, and we're seeing this in in different generations of children, people feel safe when there's structure, some kind of structure, right? Yeah. And even, uh, and not not that I'm saying that we are this way, but even when it's a poor structure, people feel safe. Oh. Because at least it's predictable. Right. Um, Anyway. That's good. Yeah. Right. Do you have more to add to this one or um, call it a day? Well, I wanted to use that one as an example about gaps because I wanted to talk about the ga- gaps and I don't have to say a whole lot more because I think I've, we've said a lot of, about how we get information, mm-hmm. how we process it, how we see it and use our senses to do it so that it's responsible. Okay, I'm, I'm oh. putting my hand up. I would like oh, to interject. Sure. <laughs> Pick me. Um, gaps. Because you talked about post-traumatic stress very briefly as being an example of when people can experience gaps. And I think when people hear PTSD, they immediately think about war mm. um, and and being a soldier or anything like that. And I think it's important to recognize that you can experience PTSD um, having been in a relationship. Mm-hmm. And I know that several times uh, in our conversations, you have said, I don't remember that part of my life. Um, is that Mm-hmm. Is that okay? Okay. Yeah. Uh, you've talked about having gaps in your own childhood. Yes. Uh, and you've had conversations about having gaps during your years of marriage. Yeah. Uh, now that you've come out of it. Yeah. Um, and I think P- 
people don't necessarily give that the respect or attention it deserves, um, that you, you really are suffering from a form of PTSD. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I mean, I know that PTSD is, is a type of, I'll say a type of abuse. That's just a general. Well, Go ahead. it's, it's the aftermath of experiencing abuse. So okay. post-traumatic stress disorder, right? It's the post-trauma, right? Okay. Of going back and I'll say experiencing and use in, in the different forms of senses, mm-hmm. something that the brain and the body have difficulty accepting. Is that good? Yeah. So if people want visuals and they think of a motherboard or they think of any kind of circuitry, right? Right. It's fritzing. It's uh, it's not making the proper connection, right? So the brains, the neurons, it's not going from point A to point B. It's fritzing at halfway. Okay. So I don't know where I want to go with that because I part of me wants to go into those squiggly little worms and neurons Mm -hmm. because you and I get to see them and then we get to hear what they are. Which to me is just fascinating, but um, but I I guess maybe you keep it in the sense of that when they come for a treatment or call or Skype or FaceTime, that they don't have to be with us for us to get that. Mm-hmm. That we get to we get that information using all of our senses so that we can help them fill in those gaps. And I maybe this is really cool to point out too that when you say they don't have to be with us, you can you can mean the client doesn't physically have to be in the room with us, uh, but you can also mean that the person who has passed away mm-hmm. doesn't need to be with us. We don't need a picture. We don't need the dead person in the room with us. That's going to sound weird, um, but it's it's all act like accessible because it's energy. Right. Yes. So we can still complete gaps from people who have passed away. Hmm. So if you're looking to understand poor behavior from someone or abusive behavior from someone um, in any type of form, that's that's possible. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like as as mediums too. one of one big, big thing that happens and we've we've done other shows on this, so I won't drag this one out is. But to fill in some of the gaps is when somebody who's crossed over comes through to apologize for right. the abuse. Yeah. And, and sometimes that they apologize and I'm going, I'm going to branch out now from sexual abuse to crazy making, Mm -hmm. to backwards training, to verbal abuse, emotional abuse, Mm -hmm. um, mental abuse. You could like, can I, can I be an example? Sure. You did a treatment for me not too long ago. And one of my questions was, did grandma actually ever love me? Oh yeah. And, uh, maybe you remember better than I do, but you were talking about, uh, and even more interesting, she's not dead. Um, she has Alzheimer's and is living in uh, one of the facilities here in North Bay. Um, you had channeled her uh, talking about how she, I can't remember how you worded it, but how she clung to certain relationships uh, for love because of how she, how neglected and abused she had been. Oh. And that there was a brief moment where yeah. she loved me as a baby yeah. Um, but that she realized what a threat it was to her relationship with her son. Oh. Um, and that she was not able to extend love past that point because she needed or felt she needed the love from her son more than anything else. Oh. I don't yeah. know if you remember that. No, I don't. Okay. There there was much more to it, but um filling in gaps because I couldn't explain what ha- there was no incident for yeah. grandma to not love me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so 
you know, in my psychological brain, I'm thinking, okay, what happened in her life Mm -hmm. that led her to the point of not being able to extend love? Mm -hmm. And so filling in the gaps, you said, you know, is this true of, you know, a certain part of your life? Well, this is true about grandma and the way that she's perceived relationships. Right. Yeah. And to, to also to understand that that was the best she could do. Yeah. And to uh, sometimes is the filling in the gap is to understand how somebody's doing what they can mm-hmm. based on what they believe, not to excuse anything, but for the f- pure understanding of it, that this is how they think. Yeah, that was very difficult right? Uh, to accept. Oh, and that's the difference between understanding how somebody can think yeah. and accepting yeah. that this is how I got treated as in the process. Mm-hmm. And and deciding how you move forward then. Yeah. Uh, loving or not loving, being involved with or not being involved with their life. Right. Right. And so, as you know, I've come to a point where it's like, that's not enough for me. Yeah. That wasn't enough for me to want to stay in a relationship with her. Um I still had choices, but mm-hmm. the understanding helped, mm-hmm. e- well, even though it hurt. Okay. Oh, I, I love how you're saying all that because you allowed the hurt. You grieve the pain of, the, of that relationship while you still are accepting that that is who she is. And I think, and we did another show on that, Kelly, that on acceptance of just truly being able to accept somebody for who they are. Mm-hmm. And that sometimes when you actually do accept that, that it simply just means that you can love them, I'll say within certain parameters, yeah. but still being able to say that that's not enough mm-hmm. or that you need something different and allowing yourself to create space in your life for it. Mm-hmm. So um, you can still have other people grandmother you. Yeah, you can still have other people. Could even be her own children, mm-hmm. or somebody else in your life. <laughs> it, somebody else. <laughs> okay, but it just opens up the door to other to other relationships, because now you've identified that that relationship doesn't fill that need. Mm-hmm. And I and can I absolutely. just for one yeah. second, I want to be clear about that in marriages that that can happen a lot, where you can be in a marriage where. You can all of a sudden accept who or what has happened to your partner. Say they have a disease now and you didn't marry them and they had that disease, but they do now or a car accident or something has occurred and they've changed and now you're accepting who they are. That can leave gaps and holes that you're not loved. And so that's where there has to be, or I'll say there's a challenge for the honesty to recognize that you still need to have the needs met. Mm-hmm. And that is a gap. That's good. Is that good? Yeah, for sure. And how I'll say in our sessions, we're able to help people understand that's what they feel. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes they come in and just say, I'm unhappy or I'm depressed. I don't know why. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, well, wait a minute. Your husband was diagnosed five years ago. Is that correct? Yes. Oh, since this period of time, this is what's occurred. Is that correct? Yeah. And then it's like, okay, and this is what this is. And it helps them put it in words. Mm -hmm. Okay. I think it's neat. And I think some people will short circuit uh, with that, those last two examples, because of the idea that we're fed about unconditional love, um, which I think could probably be an entire, 
weeks worth of podcasts. Um, but I just wanted to say that, like, going back to the the topic of being able to accept a message, but not recognizing that it's not enough for you in your life um, is okay. And perhaps that will stimulate some great questions for people uh, who want to, to write in. Uh, we would highly encourage that. Um, it's, I think it's all just a fascinating process. I think we could do show after show after show about just gaps. Oh, probably. And and give different examples. Today, the first example was just abuse. Was a, or I shouldn't say just, was abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, we gave a ex- couple of other examples. But um, it's big. And, and if anybody's listening to what we're terming as gaps and how they're related to the physical body, how the mind and the physical body can't separate itself as much as society wants it to with drugs... Mm-hmm. Um, that this is just another option, mm-hmm. and it's. Uh, I'm not saying. Um, no, I am saying. I am saying that it is an option, and it's mm-hmm. a healthy one. Can I? I'm going to throw out another example, if that's sure. okay. Sure. Because I think you brought up a really good point that we've used the example of abuse. But if I go back, we've done sexual abuse, and we've done, um, well, neglect, right? Um, which maybe are obvious ones to people and they can't identify the various forms of other types of abuse. Uh, And one thing comes to mind, and this has stuck with me and really irked me, is on the weekend I was up at Arrowhead um, Park um, skating with a good friend of mine and he went off to use the washrooms. I was in the parking lot and if anyone's been there, it's a wide open parking lot with rental areas and picnic benches and everyone's kind of putting on their gear and getting onto the, the proper path. There was a mother to my right with her son and her older older daughter. The son would have been about six. I think the daughter was maybe about 15 or something like that. And she was screaming at her son in the middle of this parking lot because uh, he couldn't get his cross-country ski boot into his cross-country ski. And she was directing him all wrong, which I know because I own skis. Um, and she was just screaming at him. But I, ironically... She was saying, I don't know how to do this. I don't know why you don't know how to do this. So she was acknowledging that she didn't, but then angry at him uh, because he didn't know how. And so I went up I went up to him and I just said, you know, would you guys like help? And long story short, I kind of just broke it down into easy little steps. He got it first try. He was fantastic. And I said, I celebrated. Wait, can you break it down? Can sure. You, I'd like you to say the conversation because you shared this with me already. But I would really like for people who don't know how to have that kind of a sure. conversation yep. to hear how we, how they can. I asked the mother permission if she would like help uh, I, I, before I just started telling them what to do. Um, I just said, would you guys like help? It appears that you don't know what you're doing. And she had wide eyes and looked very, very embarrassed and just said, okay, sure. So I turned to the six-year-old boy and I said, are you okay if I touch you? Um, because that to me is huge. Uh, you don't just touch someone without their permission anywhere, even though it was going to be his knee. Um, and he said, yes. And it irks me that he probably didn't know how to say no. Um, but I wanted him to at least know that I asked permission. I wanted him to feel that. Uh, and so I said, can I, can I touch your leg? I'm going to bend your knee for you. And he said, sure. So I bent his knee and I said, okay, now you need to point your toe down. I need you to point your toe and there's a little bar at the end that's going to, you're going to hear a click into the ski. So telling him exactly how it worked was really important to me. 
Um, and again, first try, got it in. And so I turned to him and I said, dude, you got it first try. You're amazing. And his eyes just lit up and he was smiling. He's like, I did, I did it. And I said, okay, round two, let's do the next one. Can I bend your other knee? And so we, we did that as well. Um, and I ended up going over and helping the teenage daughter who hadn't, I don't think seen any of this. She had her back to us. And I even thought so far as to say to the, the teenage daughter, when you come back from skiing, you're going to take your pole and poke this part of the ski to release the boot. You have to angle your toe the same way and pull up and out. Um, just so that, you know, this same conversation wasn't going to happen at the end. Uh, and I remember walking away the mom didn't even say thank you. The kid did. Um, and I just remember thinking you're giving your kid an anxiety disorder. Uh, he's six years old and he, he probably still and won't ever develop the mental faculties to be able to think for himself because he's been made to feel stupid for not knowing something. So how do you ever have a desire to learn if you've already failed? And I wanted to talk about this example because it's a different kind of abuse. And a lot of people don't acknowledge this because we accept it as the norm is verbal, verbal abuse. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just think it's so important. And the types of gaps that will probably be created in this child because he's six years old and being screamed at Mm -hmm. for not knowing how to do something he was never given proper instructions how to do in the first place. Mm-hmm. And so I think about him forgetting his childhood, him gapping out on certain things. I'm sure he'll remember that day in the park for the rest of his life um, and and how he felt in a public place being embarrassed. But who knows? Maybe that's not the first time. And perhaps he's been yelled at since the very beginning and his entire childhood will be a gap. That's perfect. Because you're illustrating how the gap is created. Yeah. In the moment where... And can I can can I add a little yeah. bit? Speed this up maybe ten years and now say he can't remember that event. Mm-hmm. But he's having panic attacks or, or incontinence. Okay. Or acne. Or and, and I'm throwing out a whole bunch of different things. We both are on purpose because these things are, are what comes sore stomach. Mm-hmm. Uh cramping. Digestive issues. Okay. And then they go through different systems, medical systems, different systems trying to find help. And then they show up here, just showing up saying, hi, I was told not to talk and not to say anything to you and that you'd help me. And that's all we get. And then the spirit world has to come through and show us the event, show us the screaming in the parking lot over skis um, with his sister in the winter, the location, what he was doing and we get all and he what he was wearing, what his mom was wearing, the color of the car and that maybe the color of the ski boots. And that we have to remember, or that we, or we have to remember, we were never there. We have to see and accurately describe all of those details so we're believed mm-hmm. before we're actually allowed to do the helping, mm-hmm. before we're actually allowed to be energy healers and heal. Yeah, and I, I remember thinking... No wonder we're tired. <laughs> Not sleeping. <laughs> I remember Kyle, the the friend that I was with, um, just kind of putting his arm around me and, and kind of shuffling me to the path that we were supposed to be on. And he knows all about what we were doing. So I think there was a great deal of empathy. And I just turned to him and he said, are you okay? Because he knows how that situation would affect me. I don't just walk away from it and think, oh, I helped. <laughs> I walk away and think that's how easy it is to break a soul. Yeah. And that's how fast. That's how easy it is to create a pattern 
so that that child will tolerate being abused for the rest of his life. And that's, that's lucky if that's just one lifetime. Yeah. So lifetimes from now, that's that same soul could sit there and go, I don't know why nothing has occurred in this life. I have beautiful parents, beautiful siblings. We have great relationships and yet I'm still suffering from all these problems. And an Mm -hmm. energy healer says, lifetimes ago this is the trigger moment that happened where Mm -hmm. the soul broke Mm -hmm. you know and and I think it's really neat and we didn't I don't think we did it justice we were pointing out all of the different types of physical ailments that can pop up I wanted to stop and do that but yeah and so what happens is when we suffer from a from a trauma we have PTSD or certain certain situations happen um the physical body manifests things for reasons, right? And we've talked about that as medical intuitives. And when we don't feel safe, as one example, when you're being yelled at, you don't have the safety to explore your world or to learn new things. Problems develop in the pelvis. When we can't accept an idea or things don't make sense, problems develop in the stomach. When we have bursts of anger and we don't know how to deal with those properly, we have skin eruptions. Those are just very few examples of what the body does Mm -hmm. to express itself when we are unable to find the words or proper forms healthy forms to express ourselves Mm -hmm. reminds me of a man that I saw years and years ago um, who I was called to the hospital to see I won't go into this very much because it's a huge one but um, he'd been declared dead on more than one occasion by the physicians and then came back while in the hospital. Um, and when I was called, it was uh, it was the last resort. He was never going to walk again. He was, they didn't even think he'd live. Um, and when I went up to the hospital in the very first hour, um, or just one hour of just seeing him, what came through immediately um, was uh, abuse. All mm-hmm. forms of abuse, other than sexual. Mm-hmm. That was the only one he didn't have. But he had everything from neglect to punishment. Screaming, mental, emotional, he had all of them. Yeah. And those were the things his body was going through and that he didn't want to live. And so his body, his central nervous system actually was so destroyed, they actually were removing part of it. He had a hole in his back. He had a hole. And then he had nerve issues where he was actually paralyzed. Yes. The surgeons actually removed that mm. at, at the base of the spine. And now he's walking. Mm-hmm. And the hole has healed, which they said never would. They even took pictures of it mm-hmm. um, for medical journals. Um, the, that what, uh, the incredible things that the body can do to itself in destruction yeah. is, is phenomenal, given what we do. The other thing I wanted to say when you were saying about... Um, yelling. Um, I also wanted to say giving a look. Oh yeah, I mean, that's another form of abuse, right? We can yeah. go over all the different types. You could just pick up the book, "The Verbally Abusive Relationship." Yeah, by Patricia Evans. Yes, <laughs> that we refer a lot of people to. I think we should have shares. Oh God, no <laughs> kidding. I, I, you know, maybe someday we'll be fortunate and have her come and be able have to coffee. speak and have coffee with Patricia. She's like, remember we did one show where you were saying all, all my best friends were authors. Yeah, so true. Um, I just haven't met any of my best friends yet. <laughs> in well, in hu- human maybe. form. <laughs> um, 
anyway, um, but all of the different things that people can do, corrections, mm -hmm. um, constantly correcting another person, grabbing their cell phone. Eye rolls. Uh, oh my God, yes. Roll, yeah. Pursed lips, mm -hmm. flared nostrils. Mm -hmm. Oh, I remember, uh, this was amazing and, and I still appreciate this to this day. Um, one of my best friends in high school who I'm no longer in contact with for other reasons, um, she pointed out to me that when I was disappointed... Um, I closed my eyes for a half a second longer, oh. just in, in normal blinking. Right. Yeah. But that I would, I would close my eyes for half a second longer. Uh, and she knew that I was disappointed even if I couldn't say it. Mm. And I, I thought, wow, I loved her for being that attentive. Mm -hmm. And it really, it helped me realize that when I couldn't put into words that I was disappointed, mm -hmm. I would catch, Oh, my eyelids did that again. Okay. I must be feeling something. I need to be more aware of this. You know why, Kelly? I, I love that she did that. And I love how the spirit world will tell us stuff like that uh -huh. and tell us to point that out to somebody Yeah. so that the things about ourselves we don't even know or that other people have or have not told us, your spirit comes through to say so that you can understand some of the things that are happening to yourself. Yeah. And how you're maybe subconsciously behaving around other people. Mm-hmm. I, I love the consciousness of all, every single cell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that it's, went well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was a heavy sesh, a heavy talk this morning. Yeah. Um, I, I hope that it's good for somebody. It was good for me. It was good for you. <laughs> <laughs> this is sounding weird. <laughs> uh, did you want to leave it there? I think so. Okay. And always with the invitation for somebody to write in and to um, ask if they want, want to and ask a question that we can do another show on. And, and, and maybe people can understand that some of these podcast shows are coming from the fact that people are asking us yeah. and that we are given consent to share people's stories um, and that and people do want us to mm -hmm. so that people can learn from what yeah. we're doing. I love that. And that it is very different from other professions that we have a different spin on things mm -hmm. because of who we are and because of the gifts. Okay. I'm, I'm glad that you pointed out that we have a different spin on things because as soon as you uh, brought up the topic, you called it gaps, which is, is a new, sorry, is a new term for me. I recognize oh. that it might not be for others. Uh, and the first place my head goes to when you say gap is the clothing line, right? Yeah. And they used to have this advertisement where it said fall into the gap. Yeah. I think it was for gap kids or something like that. And I, I recognize that, that could be a terrifying idea to fall into a gap. And yet when we talk about the relief and the beauty and the beginning of the, of a process or the closure of a process, mm -hmm. um, I don't, I can't, can't think of anything more beautiful right now Yeah, to fall into your own gap Yeah, so that you can discover yourself. Mm-hmm. I'm naming the show this. <laughs> okay. And that you can get tools while you're, while they're here, while yes. they're going through this, that the spirit world doesn't just point out to you shitty things that have happened to you, haha, -ha, and leave you standing there, mm -hmm. that it's not a, an, another form of abuse. It's here's what you can do about it. It, it gives you all of the tools and, and that are within you. Mm -hmm. And, and sometimes even too, that they tell us books to refer to people to. There's all kinds of things. It's endless. Maybe we can do a show someday on tools. Yeah. Well, and I think, to, um, oh, maybe I should save this. 
Oh, <laughs> I was just thinking, cause I think some people think, okay, fall into the gap, but I've got no freaking toolbox. What am I supposed to do? That's Wouldn't I get the I toolbox that. first? But it makes me think of Harry Potter. Cause everything makes me think of Harry Potter where as soon as he needs something or desires it, a gift appears, a gift appears like his invisibility cloak or the broom that he needs to be on the Quidditch team or anything like that. And it's, he has to be put into the situation for the tool that he needs to appear. Right. I love that. Instead of people, and I think a lot of people get hooked on self-help books thinking they can't get into a relationship or they can't do anything until they've acquired the entire toolbox and then they they can go out and experience life. Oh, okay. And I think it's really neat that you have to understand that you learn as you go. You, de- you, you develop tools. And you have to practice. Yeah. You have to take your tool and practice it. And sometimes, you know, like that toolbox, when that carpenter puts his hand in or who, whatever trade. Yeah. Um, sometimes you have to look at, find a different size. Sometimes you have to find, you know, different tools, some yeah. that you've forgotten about. It, it's, and it, it makes me, sorry, I interrupted you. That's okay. No, I got excited. Well, that's all right. <laughs> it just makes me think of people who are like, I have to get fit before I can actually go to the gym. Cause I have to look good <laughs> before I get to the gym or I have to do, I have to do well in yoga at home before I can go to a class. Cause I don't want to look like an idiot. It's just like, no everyone's searching for tools that's why people are in the classes or in the gyms or getting jobs that they're underqualified for and they learn as they go we're all in that situation yes that's great i love the i love the analogy of the gym i I like all of that or and the yoga class because it's so true i've heard i hear that every day in the treatments if if the spirit world says and i and you know it's good for you to go to a yoga class um, where the teacher really talks about body awareness. Yeah. Don't go to a yoga class where it's silent. You want a, a really talkative teacher. You want somebody that's really going to educate you constantly, breathing, reminding you. You need cues. Find a noisy teacher. <laughs> and they look at me and go, uh, I, I can't go to yoga. And it's like, okay. And like you say, they don't want to go unless they can do pretzel moves. <laughs> And it's like, no, that's not that's, what you're yeah. going for. You're going for body awareness. You let the other people that can be pretzels be pretzels. Mm-hmm. Let's not take pretzel ship away from them, though, because maybe that's what they're there for. <laughs> I don't think pretzel ship is a word. I don't either. <laughs> anyway, uh, okay. Done. So let's be done for the day. Sounds good. Um, If you have questions or comments, anything you heard today or feel that we missed discussing, you can email us at info at com. We would love to take your questions and comments and turn them into whole podcasts or vlogs. Um, We've got some some videos on the website as well. Uh, But either way, engagement is great and we ask that you keep it respectful. We'll see you next Saturday.